Welcome, boils and ghouls, to handle a whisker. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Network, discussing horror movies and the phobias they emphasize throughout the month of December. We've been celebrating the holidays and sleigh season with a number of Christmas horror features, and tonight we are tying the bow on this December to dismember with one <laughs> of the new. French extremity horror movies, which I cannot wait to get into. But Holly, like, you know, we've uh, we've had the holidays. Mm-hmm. I know we've got some other stuff planned for New Year's. We've had a lot uh-huh. of stuff going on. And of course, when it yes. comes to the end of the year, one of the things that no. a lot of people like to do uh, yes. is, you know, kind of like count down, <laughs> uh, you know, some of their like yearly favorites in regards to genre releases and i will say like oh. i will be announcing like my my top 10 on our twitter uh through like later on in the week right now i'm like counting down like our top 10 most downloaded episodes of 2021 <gasps> uh which is fantastic and uh is it they live <laughs> is it they live is that the most downloaded episode of 2021 i don't know you're gonna have to wait to find that <laughs> yes it is it's definitely that one <laughs> awesome. um, and it's not I, I I wouldn't say it's not close, but it's not not close. Oh, and I would also I would also want it to be Silent Night, which only just came out. But I had so much fun doing. Well, not only did I have so much fun doing the show, but I had a lot of fun watching the movies. Mm-hmm. And to this day, nothing's gonna top crazed maniac Santa Claus attacking a wheelchair bound nun. <laughs> it's just too good but you know what inside was pretty fucking good too it was so uh so before we talk about inside just how were your holidays i know for me you know uh as you can tell i'm still a little nasally and i i've had a cold the past couple of days so that's fantastic uh but like in regards to you know horror stuff for the holidays i did get a couple of steel books uh i got like the texas chainsaw massacre one that i didn't have uh i also got shivers uh, from one of the Cronenberg ones, not not a steel book, oh, but I cool. didn't have that Blu-ray, so happy to That's add neat. that to my collection. But uh, any anything good on your end? No, I no longer <laughs> get gifts I want during Christmas. I have ah. to buy those for myself. I mean, like you know, like the family doesn't know me well enough to get me things that I actually want. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I, it's like it all comes from the same pot, so it's like. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, look, I spent a bunch of money without talking to you first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, so nothing like that really goes down for holidays anymore. <laughs> but I really do enjoy the holidays. I love all holidays. It's just I like I like bright lights and uh, I like colorful outfits. And I had a wonderful time. I went um, to visit my family in Atlanta. I'm not originally from Atlanta, but that's where a, a large grouping of my family is at the moment. So <laughs> you got to. You got to go, you know, with the gravitational pull of whatever pulls you, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Atlanta was lovely, actually. No snow, barely cold. There was a couple of hot nights. I was hot Atlanta, for sure. It, yeah, it was really cool. I had a good time. Yeah, we actually, actually finally got some snow here uh, what? T- today, Chicago. actually. You know, like, it's been what? such a weird winter. Like, a couple of weeks ago, it was, like, 60 degrees. It was, like, warmer here than it was out by you. And then it was, like, 50 Shit. last week. Now we got snow this week. I don't know. Maybe that's why my sinuses are driving me up the west. I don't know. But Chicago's, yeah, it, Chicago's a bit weird. That's awesome. It's real shitty here. It's rainy. It's cold. You know, I, I, I went to Mexico earlier this month and mm. it was 80 degrees and sunny. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm Mexican. This mm. is Mexico. Why aren't we together? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm also American. It's cool, man. I'll stay in the rain. It's fine. I don't Damn. give a shit. 
inside. Yeah, well, luckily, we have arguably the best feel-good movie that we could uh, to to end the year of uh, in Inside, which was released in 2007 uh, by uh, the director duo of Julian Mori and Alexandre Bastillo. And, mm. you know, this is, this is a French film. And I know, like, right out of the gate, you know, if you've seen French cinema, your first thoughts are going to be like, oh, it's one of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> because there's there's just something with uh, this French wave of horror movies, uh, which mm-hmm. basically started with this Martyrs and Frontiers, uh, which just added uh, kind of like these riot backdrops mixed in with like really right. realistic violence and high tension. That was on purpose, because uh, that was mm-hmm. another one in that wave. Uh, and it was just so cutthroat at the time when you compared it to literally anything else that was coming out on the state side or really just across the globe. Everyone was looking at France and being like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on over here? Right? Like- <laughs> Japan's like, you guys are weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, even even, even Japan's like you need to you need to pull it pull it back it a little a notch, bit, man. you know. You know, you're at like a four team, we need to be about like a eight. <laughs> you're at a fourteen, I need you at a ten, like us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, wonderful. I can't wait for next month, by the way. <laughs> it's gonna be gonna be a good time. So, you know, it's gonna look, be a good time. Looking at this movie, there's definitely uh some things that we need to talk about. Obviously, a lot of this kind of stems around uh, the main character of Sarah, who is pregnant uh, throughout <laughs> the movie, heavily, uh, yes, Fully. very like very end of the term pregnant, it's like gonna fall about out any minute now, like the baby's due tomorrow, which also happens to be Christmas Day. Pregnant, mm-hmm. like yes, that pregnant it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Uh, so I'm gonna you know. watch this every year in Gremlins. That's that's what that's yeah. my new ritual. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this will be the one to to cap it off. Uh, so you know, Sarah is due to give birth to her baby on Christmas morning, and uh, you know, before she leaves the hospital, she is sitting down with one of the nurses. Uh, and of course, you know, we have the very stereotypical like pre labor scare. Uh, that is always induced in uh, the soon-to-be mothers, right? You know, the mm-hmm. nurse is talking about how, like, oh, man, you know, the first uh, the first one is always hell. I was in labor for 16 hours, and I went through all of that pain only for the baby to come out dead. And it's like, geez, you know, like, talk about a conversation starter. I'm not going to lie to you, Glenn. These conversations <laughs> happen a lot, okay? I am a lady. I haven't had any babies, but my my coworkers and like people at bars, and by people I mean women who have had children at bars, you know, we'll they'll we'll talk, you know, and we'll get down to the nitty okay, gritty. So, and okay. the nitty gritty <laughs> is always gritty. See the way the way that you phrase that made it sound like they were actually giving birth at the bar, but I know what you meant. <laughs> I know, yeah, and I mean, I could I can tell you the the story, and you know, I watch a lot of horror movies. It's not my first time around the block, but I can tell you a story, a birth, a birthing story that made me weak in the knees and light in the head. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, did you, did you want to hear it? I, I mean, we might as well. It's, it's a horror okay. podcast. People want, well, this is what people come for. It's gore. <laughs> so, I mean, and it's, I mean, that, that's what, one of the things I really love about the movie and even the intro kind of put that right up front. Right. So the <laughs> intro was just like visceral. Right. So it's just chunkiness blood all over the place. And it's 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 writhing somehow, and it's 
it's just a very um I got to give it to these two guys, these two, the, the directors. I mean, I think it, it th- I thought it was a very woman forward movie and I thought it was just um, it, it really well fucking done. And so here's, here's the, the worst birthing story I've, I've, I've heard. So this came from a, from a person that I, a woman that I know, very, very petite woman. And she was saying that she was giving birth. Her baby was a little larger than average for her size. And uh, there is a device that is a vacuum that they use to try to pull out babies if it, if they're too hard to pull out okay so creepy thing number one there's a vacuum mm. they put on your yeah, baby nether vacuum. regions mm. of va- there's there's a fucking baby vacuum so she was in labor for you know dozens of hours they use the vacuum it wasn't working they're going with c-section all right they open her up c-section baby's not coming out because you know her body shape is so petite blah 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 and then get this they use the vacuum on the hole they just made are you fucking wow. kidding me <laughs> I was weak in the knees. I'm like twice the size of this woman and I'm, and I'm just getting wobbly and mm-hmm. uh, oh my God, I'm like, go, call the police. Call 911. Yeah. And at that I've point, you're just like, <laughs> at that point, the only thing to run through your head is like, well, how do I make sure my insides don't become my outsides? Oh my God. And it was just, I, I don't know. Like I, I definitely, it's not a, Path, uh, like a pathological fear of being pregnant, but there, I, I feel like um, I haven't ha- had this conversation with a lot of women, but I do intensely have somewhat of a fear, like you know the the pain associated with being pregnant, both in like you know carrying a child and 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 having a child, and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not people don't like to talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> It's so yeah, so that's that's the story that like made me almost fall off of my fucking bar stool. Mm-hmm. That's that's understandable. <laughs> Ooh, and this movie did the same fucking thing. It was pretty awesome. Yes, and you know, there there are so many great elements to this story. And you know, I think the thing that really stood out to me is mm-hmm. yet yeah, this is a revenge movie through yes. and through, but you don't really right. get the whole unraveling of the the reason behind uh, the woman or La Femme until mm-hmm. closer towards the end of the movie. And it kind of like sets the stage early, but you don't get the full picture in until the end. All you know is that there's this weird woman trying to break into Sarah's house for some unbeknownst reason. You know, it, it has a very stereotypical uh, trope of, Okay, I'm going to knock on a door. I'm going to pretend like there's an emergency. I need to go inside, mm-hmm. use your phone. Uh, and, you know, there's some back and forth early on between the woman and Sarah. And, you know, Sarah basically, you know, concocts a story like, oh, you know, my husband, uh, he's already back from work. You know, he's asleep right now, so you can't come in. Uh, and then, the, yeah, the woman's just <laughs> like, uh, you know, she knows Sarah by name door. for whatever reason. Uh-huh. Uh, and she's like, you know, I know it's not the case. You know, you don't have a husband because your husband is dead. And That's right. Sarah Ooh. threatens to, uh, to call the police to try to scare off the woman. Mm-hmm. I uh, was curious because uh, as much as depressed and negative as Sarah is throughout the movie, like she's I mean, she still like held it. They still made it so that there was a tiny little bit of tension at that moment, not just from the creepiness from the lady knowing all this stuff and trying to make her way in. But from there were a couple of instances where you kind of felt like Sarah might have mm-hmm. like she was she was hesitating too much and shutting it down is what I'm trying to say, right. you know, where she was so good about shutting everybody else down in the movie. Uh, you, you know, they don't really paint her in, like, in the most positive light 
in the beginning of the movie or even at the end of the movie. But um, <laughs> because she's she's very she's very depressed, right? For having lost her husband and also like you know uh, being pregnant, it's it's got to really mess with your head. So totally understandable. But yeah, I I kind of liked how they still created that little bit of tension of like, is she gonna open the door? Don't open the door, Sarah. So <laughs> <laughs> that was good. It, it definitely rose my blood pressure. Yeah, and one of one of like the key, uh, I I would say revenge plots, at least in horror, has always kind of like revolved at least with women. Uh, it was always like the sexual assault side of it. This is not yeah. anything like that, which is a breath of fresh air uh, in yes, this case, and agreed. it's one of the few instances too where we actually have like woman v woman violence. Also in fact, the only on violence screen. not involved was sexual. <laughs> there was all other kind of violence. Holy moly, there was so much violence. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was actually kind of hilarious. It was comical how many characters just kept walking into the fucking wood chipper, right? <laughs> so I was like, holy moly, like, what about these stupid ass cops? But, well, not the cops, the detectives. The detectives were really obnoxiously stupid, but we're going to let it go because the movie was so genius. I mean, some, uh, of, some of them got blinded <laughs> and started swinging away oh, like there was no tomorrow and oh, they got their come you're up. talking about. My favorite scene in every movie <laughs> is always like the the insanity sequence or mm-hmm. the the no that makes it sound like somebody's insane. It's the it's just the batshit crazy sequence, which the when a movie kind of comes to a boil and it's just bubbling and then mm-hmm. they just give you the scene of utter insanity. <laughs> and I love it because it, it almost feels like you're suspended like in midair, you're like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and I loved it in Midsummer, you know, the whole uh triangle house burning man mm-hmm. sewn into a teddy bear suit thing. <laughs> yeah. That really worked for me, okay? And they, you know, Inside did it as well. You know, that that whole living room scene where the lights finally come up and here's, you know, La Femme with a burnt off face cowering in a corner. You got Mama Bear with a makeshift, what is that? Like fucking staff with a knife on, <laughs> at the end of it. You got the cop that just came out of, I don't know, he was, he was bludgeoned. Yeah, he just got shot in the face with like a stun. Shot in the, right, right. <laughs> and uh, but then wakes up, but he's sort of like zombified, and he goes to well, he's blinded. turn on the lights. Yeah, and then somehow figured out how to turn on the lights, and then he decides to just whack them all with Sarah's baby. How did you feel about? Well, let's finish the talking about how cool <laughs> that scene was. So that was that was my favorite scene because again, it's just uh, one thing after another, and none of it makes sense, but it's all kind of happening at the same time. And it's one of my favorite feelings in horror. <laughs> well, well, it's just like one of those scenes where, you know, you have the cop who basically mistook uh, Sarah as the woman who had right. attacked him. Uh, but, right. but because I he is so. just blinded, that's, it's just so much insanity all condensed into a little well, bit. Go, but it, it's just... go for the belly so much? <laughs> I, I think the, the part that really makes everything, like, fall in together perfectly seamlessly in, in that moment is just the fact that it's actually La Femme who comes to Sarah's aid. Right, to, uh, I love that. to attack the officer. Yes, that change in dynamics, and even you see that a little bit too. That sort of uh, they they have this they've bonded over the baby like mm-hmm. ever so slightly. You see that also on the stairs when Sarah's giving birth and the baby's not coming out, and she almost has this sort of willingness to just let it go, just you know, save the baby kind of moment kind of thing. Yeah. And then yeah, Lafemme goes down there and you know hacks it open and takes it out. Oh my god, I have not looked away from a screen in a long time. 
Guess what I did? Yeah, you look. You look I looked away. away a little bit. <laughs> I looked away a little bit. You know that's understandable because uh, that when they pan back to the aftermath oh, of that oh, scene, oh, oh, oh. that's definitely. Yeah, I looked at the aftermath, but the middle of it, I was like, oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. I got a little woozy. And I was like, oh, oh no, I better look away. Yeah, so uh, so Inside is an 82-minute movie. and let That me, was only let, 82 minutes? Let me just tell you, this the pacing of this movie Damn. is fantastic. It does not waste uh, any moment. And I, I want to talk about the, the quote, villain, <laughs> La Femme in yes. this movie because the way that this plot kind of plays out it, it honestly it does feel like a role reversal because Sarah does not want to have this baby like they make right. that pretty abundantly clear from the get go that she's having second thoughts about being a mother and you know this woman for whatever reason like this is all she wants <laughs> in her life and you know th- la femme does kind of like have her moment at the end of the movie but what i love about the movie uh is what you you know when they're setting up the the home invasion aspect of it and you know she first uh is introduced like through the other side of the door and then you see mm-hmm. like her silhouette out, oh, yeah, outside yeah. of the house face. when you you know you oh, see the no, little bit yeah you see her the window. Uh, you know yeah. lighting up a cigarette and you see like uh her face a little bit but on say in regards to the lighting of this movie you know in horror nowadays there are definitely way too many movies that are way too lit for their own good <laughs> and in this movie <laughs> You know, they, they used a lot of dark yeah, uh, corners on the frames and, you know, just dark places to the point of where, you know, the black, where you could see absolutely nothing. And, right. it, and it's really emphasizing that scene when you see Sarah sleeping on the couch. Uh, you know, she has the oh, television yes. on and La Femme mm-hmm. is inside. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the cat's there as well. And La Femme is kind of like shown behind her inching closer uh, almost like floating as if she were a ghost. And, you know, Sarah suddenly wakes up uh, and you see La Femme <clears throat> basically disappearing back into the darkness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really, uh, you know, I, you know, I was reading a couple of interviews uh, that they did around the time that this movie came out. And the big thing for them with La Femme was, you know, they wanted it to essentially be a ghost. Uh, so it was, in a way, an homage to Michael Myers in, in the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, she's only really a shape. You know, she doesn't really have a body you know, just a white face, and you don't really get to see, like, the full picture of La Femme until much later on in the movie uh, right. when you kind of have the whole, you know, entrapment in the bathroom sequence where there's a really drawn-out fight uh, between the two. And, you know, there there are a lot of cat-and-mouse elements uh, sprinkled throughout this movie as well, but it's just the fact that everything is just taking place in, like, this 12-hour span. And it's just so condensed into this perfect runtime, Oof. and everything mm-hmm. just falls into place. And there's, you know, I I want to say the only, like, stage that they had was for, like, the, the bathroom. Otherwise, it was all shot inside this house. So I can only imagine how much blood was splattered. Oh, my God, rental. that was such a bloody... <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. I mean, I don't know much about making movies, but I'm willing to bet, like, you got to try to get it right the first time. Otherwise, you got to mm-hmm. reset the whole fucking thing. Like, all right, let's re-carpet. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work out. We got to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I have to uh, also like touch on these. There were the, there were so many like small details that were so endearing and just you know seeing like the I don't 
how do I put it? Just the, the, the thoughtfulness on the director side or on the writer side. And uh, one of the things was just her water breaking in the bathroom. Right. Mm -hmm. So she gets to safety and she's in the bathroom, you know, pseudo safety because, you know, she's still being sort of attacked in there, of course. Uh, But then her water breaks, which in my brain, it was like this uh, sudden click of like, oh, the timer's on. (laughs) Like, you can't just stay there for days on end until she gets bored or some shit. Right. You know, like, now you got to do something about it because this baby's coming out. Uh, that was, and it's just, again, like, just, um, it, it just creates a lot more play in, in your brain rather than just having to have everything sort of uh, spoon fed to you. And I just really appreciated that. And one of the other things, too, is, like, we know Sarah is, like, this photographer uh, mm-hmm. for, for, like, her line of work. And in so, in some other movies, uh, when it comes to, like, trying to find your way through the darkness, and, you know, people are, like, using, like, the camcorder uh, lighting or using their mm-hmm. cell phone. You know, in this movie, it was the Polaroids. Uh, right. But in this case, it actually made sense because she was trying to get a clearer idea yes. of where Lefemme was at the time. And she was also trying to just get a better look at her uh, because right. she did threaten to call the cops, which she does. Uh, but unfortunately, like, she doesn't really get, like, the the full picture. Like, she only gets a little bit of her face. And that's about mm-hmm. it leading up to that point, which really wasn't enough to go off of uh, for the cops. Where they're just like, you know, yeah. Uh, can't really do much with this, but, you know, we'll keep, like, a bulletin out and, you know, we'll call the check up on you. Uh, but, man, you know, when that checkup comes around, those cops, uh, God, you know, they, they, it up. they miss a couple of details. <laughs> no, they just, everything they did, I mean, first of all, I do not believe cops would be, have behaved in this way. But, of course, <laughs> it, it just certainly lent itself for a very fantastic horror movie scene. But really, like, you're really, you're gonna just go in there. I mean, like, okay, the two guys go in fine. You know, they mm-hmm. go back good uh one of them gets hurt um uh, fine the other one was upstairs left him alone with the woman he probably should have checked her for fucking weapons but okay so we'll let that go too other uh, guy comes up gets shot in the head here's where the fucking insanity happens uh the other two left one cop one criminal one of them brings out a gigantic gun which later gets used on him but he doesn't call for backup even knowing that he's heard gunshots and his colleagues are not coming out then he takes the criminal and hog ties him to him and like <laughs> brings him along and then at one point they're like just looking for to like fix the fuse box as opposed to just getting out of the fucking house with the pregnant woman they're supposed to be protecting it's it was that that part <laughs> I'm still a little angry about and if it wasn't for the insanity sequence I'd be more upset about it <laughs> And all the meanwhile, you kind of like have this side story of uh, Sarah's boss, Jean-Pierre. Oh, Jean-Pierre. <laughs> and, you know, you have Sarah's friend who's like, oh, I was really hoping that you would introduce us one of these days. Uh, and she was the one who, like, worked at the hospital. Uh, and, you know, the, the whole plan was, you know, Jean-Pierre was supposed to show up in the morning. I was supposed to drive yeah. Sarah to the hospital so she could have her baby make sure everything's on the up and up. And, uh, you know, Jean-Pierre had other plans on Christmas Eve, decides to show up to the house just, you know, to check in because uh, he's mm-hmm. a good guy. And, uh, you know, little does he know that, uh, you know, La Femme is just waiting there. Uh, and this is when uh, Sarah's kind of like locked herself in the bathroom to try to protect right. herself. Uh, so, you know, we have this really interesting back and forth between Jean-Pierre and the woman where... Uh, the woman is pretending to be Sarah's mother uh, during this entire interaction. 
She uh, lets him and, believe. <laughs> you know, she kind of like lures him in, you know, tries to get him to stay a little bit longer, you know, offers him a drink. Yeah. All of that good that. stuff. And it's just like, oh, you know, it's always really hoping to meet you. Yeah, you would think, hmm. unless she was just trying to uh, increase her body count. But, you know, that's yeah, the thing. Absolutely. You know, by the end of this movie, like, there's a lot more kills in this movie than you would come to expect. Oh, knowing, my goodness. Knowing yeah. that realistically, you're only introduced to, like, four characters, not mm -hmm. including the cops. Uh, and, Oof. And, like, the body counts at least double that. But that's besides the point. But, you know, you would think <laughs> in the woman's case, if her entire ordeal uh, was to take the baby... What what was Thanks, the need baby. for uh, for killing off all these other people who could have just been shooed away? Like you you already had Jean Pierre fooled until he got to see the Polaroids that were out on you know the the coffee table. Well, your mom <laughs> showed up, right? Well, that so, too. Yeah, yeah, mom showed up, so she should have gotten rid of him right away. Uh, but maybe we're just supposed to go in with the whole like she's just bad shit at this point. And maybe, I, I honestly, I don't know. Maybe she is trying to cover her tracks. And oh my gosh, the very, 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 very sad moment. Well, there was a bunch of those. But the very, very, very sad moment, <laughs> number one, where Sarah kills her own mom by accident. Mm -hmm. Wow. That would have, I think that would have broken my brain too. Like, that was rough. Oh, man. That was very upsetting. That was very sad. Just because, you know, it's mom. <laughs> yeah you know those uh those sewing needles really did a number <laughs> or i know or the it's... knitting needles uh in knitting needles day. right i mean it worked really well the first time the second time i just broke in half but whatever i guess that, that is true uh and you know it's it's I'm, i was happy to like have another movie that really utilized scissors and kills oh my god outside of the, the stylus, scissors are vicious right? man <laughs> scissors are vicious they're such little fucking great little weapons and they're i think they're underrepresented i think you're right i mean yeesh. Uh, yeah like i mean first uh when she first cuts sarah which is the beginning of all of this right this is we jumped right into the kills but there's this really upsetting scene of uh sarah asleep perfectly healthy at this point and uh the woman comes in you know cleans the oof drops the, the scissors into uh, a bottle of uh, rubbing alcohol to, you know, disinfect them, I guess. And then, you know, does a whole lot of like, you know, running them over her body ever so slowly. <laughs> and then, of course, goes right in one needle in the belly button yeah, off right to the to side. The so as, ooh, just to avoid the baby, you know, off to the side a little bit, down the navel to the side, down and over, down and over. And, and then, of course, Sarah, like, eyes wide open with pain. And then she slashes her face. And then it's just, oof, and then it's on. And then she does a really good move that, you know, uh, hits the woman with the with the lamp. So good move. But then, of course, later on in the in the sequence, not that sequence, in other fucking sequences, <laughs> she kind of loses it, right? And after the cops are killed, goes down and lays down because just it's too much psychologically, which I, I really liked how they did the work to sort of impress upon us the fact that she has some really bad PTSD and she's she's just not right, right? And um and that sort of allows for a lot of like the weird behavior that happens later on. So, you know, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. So the, the whole time, uh, you know, La Femme is pretending to be Sarah's mother, of course, you know, Jean Pierre <laughs> finds the Polaroids. Right. Uh, you know, cause Sarah had talked to Jean Pierre earlier about trying to like enhance something. Uh, and she wanted to get like a better look at uh, the woman in the pictures here. And that's when Sarah's mother walks uh, into the equation, 
and you know, she ends up basically going upstairs, and unfortunately, you know, case of mistaken identity, Sarah just thinking it's her attacker again coming in. But man, man, it's oh man, the the amount of times you know you get the. Uh, just scissor kills or needles or just scissors to the hands. You know, there's a lot of cool moments, like when she's trying mm-hmm. to like break into uh, the actual bathroom. You know, there's also Sarah trying to free herself from the bathroom, despite the fact that there's like a like mini uh, like like nightstand basically trying right, to uh, that's wedged to in there it. to keep her in there. Yeah, and she gets her uh, her arm basically stuck to the wall after she's stabbed Ooh, with the scissors into the wall. Whew. <laughs> that definitely, was too. <laughs> definitely not cool. But you know, Jean Pierre is, uh, you know, here's like this commotion coming from upstairs uh, after Sarah accidentally kills her mother, yes. and Lafemme is just right behind him with the scissors and just goes straight to the Achilles. Oh, and discounts her. <laughs> just this, like that whole sequence is just so. Brutal oh, because brutal. you know first she goes to the Achilles, then she stab she stabs him in the dick and like yeah. is like wrenching uh-huh. back and forth with the scissors. Ooh. She ga- oh. she gashes him oh. repeatedly in the face and then basically like, Meanwhile, slits his throat of blood. <laughs> and there's just blood everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it wasn't it wasn't to the point where it was so like over the top satirical like you would kind of see in like other. Uh, you know, Japanese Waterhouse right, no, right. movies. You know, it's like this is still re- it, within the realm of reality, which contributes to the brutality. Mm-hmm. Not like super gushers, but enough where it was constantly flowing. And it like it made sense. Like mm-hmm. the blood loss in the movie made sense. I mean, I'm no fucking doctor, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's supposed to stay inside. <laughs> yeah. At, at the end of the day, you know what? One of the key aspects of this story is just the fact that, as I mentioned, like Sarah doesn't really want to have this baby. You know, she's terrified mm-hmm. of what's inside her. Uh, you know, early in the film, it's basically hinted that she doesn't want to have the baby at all. Uh-huh. You know, she's too depressed to look after it when it does eventually come. And, you know, just the fact that this kid is coming on Christmas basically just kind of like echoes uh, the lonely feeling that she's having right right now, knowing that she doesn't have anyone else to spend time with over the holidays because she's just going to spend it alone. Uh, But, you know, all she has now is just herself and like this burden that she's carried around in her belly. (laughs) So it's just like, oh, man, it's just compounding one after another. Let's be real. Yeah, this kid's going to be troubled for sure. Can we please talk about the elephant in the room? Which elephant? (laughs) The (laughs) shitty sci-fi of a fucking baby inside of a womb? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... I I didn't dislike it. You know, it gave a good impression. of like, hey, you know, you're hitting this woman's belly who's super, super, super pregnant. You know, there is a baby in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not just a big belly. But on the other hand, it's like that's some that's some shitty CGI. <laughs> so okay. it's two thousand seven. Yeah. There's okay. There's two ways to look at this. Uh, I will tell you that was all uh, post production added. <laughs> uh, that was not initially planned. Uh, so basically, they went to the editor. And, you know, they basically talked about, like, okay, you know, there, there are really, like, three main characters to the story. You have Sarah, you have LaFemme, and then you have the baby. The baby. And then, like, they felt like not really having the baby's presence there kind of didn't okay. really have, so, like, did, it was, the movie was missing something. So that's why they went back to kind of, like, add the, 
you know, the the baby CGI, which I, I know it, it was... I wouldn't say it was the greatest. It wasn't the worst, but you know that was kind of its whole, its sole reason for being there because it was like the third character of the movie. Yeah, like you know they brought it out really early on, right? Because you know you got the car crashes, the very first thing you see, and then of course you see the the baby, and then later on in the movie it was like, oh, it's you again. <laughs> Where they brought it back out, I'm like, okay. Oh, but uh, you're hitting me in the belly. Right. Let me let me show the Ooh, let's, let, let me let's show the show bloodshot. The... Let's yeah. And I'm like, I guess. And you know what? I mean, I should have known better. Um, I for a split second when Sarah goes all commando, you know, when she uh straps on her Rambo bandana and like makes like a, a steak on a stick. Um <laughs> You know, when I mean, she gives herself, and when she gives herself the fucking tracheotomy, which was fucking rad, and then she slaps some fucking duct tape on it like a badass. <laughs> I love it when people do that. I mean, I will never get tired of the trope where somebody cuts their own neck and mm. then duct tapes it to keep alive. Mm. I fucking love that shit. I'm just gonna go ahead and say <laughs> it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, get it. And then for a split second, I thought, well, not a split second. It was for a few seconds. I thought, hey, maybe this is a redemption or no, a life affirming movie, right? Where here Sarah doesn't want the baby, doesn't want to be alive, hates everybody. You know, everything's awful. And here's this woman attacking her life and attacking the life of her baby and making her realize that she does want to live. She does want this baby and everything is going to be okay. And it sort of happens that way a little bit. And at the, at the very, very, very end where she's like, it's coming to baby. You got to help the baby. And the lady's like, I'm on it. Let's cut it open. So <laughs> it's, it's sort of true, but not how I thought it would. But I, I should always assume that if it's not an American movie, you're never going to get that ending. <laughs> well, just knowing that this was Fred Shore, you should have known it. Uh, it I guess wasn't so. going to be, I mean, Okay. Let's let's be real here. Y- yeah. You could you mm-hmm. you could argue that this was yes. a happy ending for one of the characters. <laughs> I would argue that it was an ambivalent ending and because you you they already don't sell you so much on Sarah. Like from the beginning of the movie you're like Jesus Sarah, be mm-hmm. Jesus Sarah, take it easy Sarah, fuck Sarah. You know like and then you're like I get it Sarah, I get it Sarah. You know cuz she's gone through a lot and it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh but so you're already not super connecting with like, you know, you know she's not playing the victim, she's playing like the the lashing out person. Right. Which is totally acceptable and, and understandable. So you're already not in like protective mode over Sarah. So to see the movie go through, like the ending wasn't so, it, it was so ambivalent. Like it, it sort of, it made you switch, not switch sides, but like it made you a little bit uh, less hateful towards the woman, right? Mm-hmm. Because, again, like I said, there's that weird moment on the stairs where she's taking the baby out of Sarah because basically Sarah's asking her to do this. Right. And they're both on the same page. Or when you were saying when uh, uh, when the woman defends Sarah against the the, the zombie cop that's hitting her. After, yeah, let's move <laughs> on. So, like, they're, they're in agreement on these very rare moments. And then, yeah, so you got the baby with the burnt up woman in a rocking chair at the end, which was a very good closure. It was, it was great. But, um. Yeah, but that you know, you also know that that's not going anywhere. Like she's not getting anywhere with the the damage on her face, and that mm-hmm. baby's not going to get properly taken care of. So they're both doomed. So it's 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 a it's it's a good ending. <laughs> I mean, she just wanted to hold a baby, so she wanted yeah. her she wanted her book. Uh, but you know, we we need to talk about that sequence between the two of them 
when Sarah's laying down in bed, and this is after like the initial like navel piercing with the scissors. Oh, this is when she goes back to bed after, uh, the, after yes, the cops are this there. Is, this yeah. is the uh, the whole, I guess, primal uh, <laughs> would be the best way to describe uh-huh. it. Sequence where La Femme <gasps> is like hovering over her in Wait. bed uh, and almost like... I wouldn't necessarily say caressing her, but you know she's, yeah, she's feeling her, really and then you, then you get a you get a little mouth to mouth moment mm-hmm. uh, where Sarah ends up biting her in the lip. Right, taking that off, <laughs> and it's just like I'm just I'm trying to think in that moment. Of, I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, "Wait, what? Like, what the hell is going on?" Because I don't know if like that was their like first like connection moment. Where they're like, okay, this is going to be the start of the turn for both of them. But then you have, like, that whole fight scene in the kitchen where she gets, uh, you see, like, uh, she uses, like, a Lysol or whatever to, like, spray fire <gasps> oh into God, the chick's so face. good. And I'd he, never thought of that, and it works so well. And the best part about that, too, is it's just not, like, a quick poof moment. No, no it's, uh, it I'm holding the fucking spray down for, like, a couple of seconds and yeah. I'm lighting your face up. <laughs> like, you're not pretty no more. Like, give it up. Like, it was, that was great, because I, you know, you always see the, you know, the use of that device in mm-hmm. one person, but the whole, like, I, I, for some reason, like, how I had never thought about doing that. I might just carry around some spray, a can of spray, <laughs> spray. sorry, I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't, all I'm saying is like it was unexpected and it worked and it mm-hmm. blew my mind. It was so great. Yeah, and then you. it's like boom, <laughs> there you go. And then it still didn't kill her. That's nope. the other thing too. That was also unbelievable amount of like strength on both of these ladies' side. But you know what? Fuck it. That's a horror movie. <laughs> you know, you never like know when you're gonna need that in uh, impromptu <laughs> like flamethrower. You know, just at the <laughs> ready. <laughs> You should see me when I stub my toe. I'm like, I have to sit down for two days. <laughs> like, it's like I'm so weak and I'm twice as like I'm so much taller than these. Oh, it's just hilarious. <laughs> is that like, is that after that is, is that after you like bring out the duct tape to make sure everything falls back in place? <laughs> yeah, duct tape <laughs> fixes everything. Yes. Everything. Oh my god. So yeah, it, but I mean, it just goes to they were both. I mean, and then if you like kind of backtrack it, it's like right after that car crash, it ruined everything for both of them, mm-hmm. basically is what we're getting at. And it's it's so sad. And it's and it's, you know, it, it explains a lot of the the nonsense that happens, which, you know, I, I really I thought it was a really nice touch. I was I was talking before about like, you know, t- liking that sort of uh, that that uh, moment of insanity that some some movies give you that are so great. You really have to have like good reasons. Be- well, actually, you don't have to have good reasons behind it, but it helps. You know, where there's like, oh, there's a reason why this non, you know, nonsense is happening. Mm-hmm. And that is they destabilized all of the main characters. And then, yeah, anything could happen. So that was great. Because yeah, uh, mm-hmm. La Femme does kind of like have that moment after Sarah locks herself in the bathroom where it kind of like fixates on La Femme's face. And, you know, it kind of like does the quick cuts to her like twitching. Where you oh, you yeah. see that you see that like slow dissension of her character that much further, yeah. And then she does that great like holding. I mean, she's been hit by a lamp, right? So I don't know if it was the lamp <laughs> hit or her psyche just breaking <laughs> apart more. Where she's holding her head and she's like doubled over, you know. And I'm like, ah, it's gonna hit the fan, <laughs> and it does. Everything does hit the fan. Ugh. 
Good stuff. But then again, again, why were the cops trying to get the lights back on? Just get the fuck out of the house. I feel like this is not typical <laughs> cop behavior. Like, oh, let's fix the fucking breaker box. Ma'am, where's your breaker box? I'm sure the lady's gone by now. Yeah. You know, even though she's got a fucking gun. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't worry. You know, we, we've already checked the premise. She's nowhere to be found. Although I did really enjoy the criminal being tied to the cop and his reaction <laughs> to everything. That was like a level of desperation that also raised my blood pressure. I was like, oh, oh no, oh no. And then, of course, that really sad, slow kill of like the 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 scissors to the brain and then mm-hmm. like his mortar function and his brain not working and falling mm-hmm. apart as he's trying to potter and she's like smoking again. Jeez. Yeah, so... Uh... If you were the perp in this situation, you know, wouldn't you be like... The woman? Oh, well, no, oh, no the like perp, the, the, the perp guy. who's get handcuffed to the cop in this case. Yes. You know, wouldn't you think be like, yo, <laughs> like I have nothing to do with this. Leave me out of it. You know, we're just trying to carry would... the dead cop's weight, you know, yes. just to get out, yes. out of the place. That's what I was going to But say. like, I would he, had, probably... he had no yeah. reason to be there in the first place. And and I, I understand the, the thought process yes. of... Uh, well, I can't just leave him here, but, you know, just handcuffing him well, probably wasn't the smartest idea no, because uh, they, so they kind, the kind of kind of slows you down. <laughs> I would have. I mean, the only logical thing to. OK, here's what the cop should have done. The, the third cop, um, he should have called for backup and he should have um, like handcuffed the criminal and left him in the back seat and locked the car. Like, I feel like that's what you should do, right? <laughs> right? I'm no cop, but this is what it feels like you should do. And, like, definitely call for backup. I don't know if it's protocol to walk into a house where two of your fucking colleagues have already been killed. Uh, but I would, I, I'm guessing you call for backup and you wait. Or if you do, I just, you definitely don't hog tie a criminal to you. Mm-hmm. That just seems like a really bad idea. There, like a really bad idea. There's also the element of the riots happening, getting closer to the to the suburbs. Uh, we're, yeah, and this this is taking place in the I'm suburbs. Sure that's why the movie's <laughs> called Inside. And uh, <laughs> you know, like it's very quiet, <laughs> you know, in like this neighborhood. Uh, and you know, maybe maybe that may, I don't know. If that's just because all the neighbors are being like super quiet. Maybe no one's actually yes. hosting a no. Christmas Eve dinner or anything. Maybe they're just French. Because I don't know if you noticed this, but like when her and her mom are having like words outside of the hospital, one thing that struck me, and it's it strikes me of all like well, not all European people, but definitely in France, is that um you know how like they don't like how loud Americans are. <laughs> well, it's it's true i don't know how they're so quiet because i am a fucking like loud mouth nonsense person (laughs) you know so she's having a fight with her mom as they're walking outside of the hospital and they're so quiet they're super like she's super upset and her mom's super upset and they're talking and they're having like a you know kind of a fight sort of thing and they're both so quiet (laughs) you can barely hear what they're saying i'm like oh my god i'd be making such a scene right now (laughs) And I feel like uh, it's just if uh, whenever I go back to Europe, whenever this pandemic's over, wherever the plague's done or halfway done, whatever. um, Yeah, I'll have to work on my my quiet, my quiet voice. voice. And, uh, you know, that reminds me of a a Disney story uh, from my my trip to Orlando. So, you know, when we were at Epcot, uh, you know, in the later half of the day, uh, it was always extremely obvious. uh, One... 
just in what general direction like the the u.s pavilion was and you know if you've never been uh-huh. to epcot they basically split it off into like country pavilions uh, Ooh, i've never been but like one of the big things at epcot is the whole you know drinking around the world uh, that you can do so like each pavilion Whoa. has places that you could get alcoholic beverages from nice and you know anytime you would go i mean really anywhere in epcot uh you could easily play the game of where are the drunk americans because it's everywhere <laughs> right here <laughs> you know it's just like everywhere. because they are the loudest uh, 99 times out of 100. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I I don't, um, I don't mind it. I really, I mean, I'm a loud person and that's, you know, that's just how I am. I also, um, I try to, you know, regulate that. I try to like, you know, be appropriate in, in different settings and I certainly don't want to, you know, be disrespectful and shit like that. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, shit, you've been doing a podcast with me, you know, I'm a loud person <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. I don't know why it is though. It is. But yeah, I should learn. I mean, when I go to France again, I'll, I'll make sure to keep it down. I've been I've been doing my Duolingo, trying trying to learn some Francaise, and then I'm going to try to keep my voice down. Yeah. Merci, monsieur. <laughs> Un pierre, monsieur. Un verre du vent, monsieur, s'il vous plaît. You know, I'm going to I'm going to try. This might have gone off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then, yes, they're then, very quiet. <laughs> and then, you know, when you go to France, you could ask anyone if they've ever fallen in love with an inanimate object, like in uh, Jumbo. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. That's another Ooh. That's another weird movie. France has something with uh, just falling in love with, like, random objects. You know, God, sometimes sometimes it's amusement park rides. Well, you know, sometimes it's bridges. You don't know. Like, uh, you know, it's 2020. It's almost 2022 at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, love is love, all that stuff. <laughs> but, okay. You're not getting a tax break, though. You're not getting a tax no, break. No, no one gets a tax break. Okay, so. That's right. No tax breaks. So, the end of this movie, obviously, not not the most uplifted moment. Uh, you know, no, no. Uh, the birth of the baby does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not in the conventional sense. <laughs> Did you like how when she, uh, I really enjoyed, not enjoyed, but I was uh, captivated by um, when she's cutting off the clothes off of Sarah and she cuts off uh, the, the the robe she's wearing and the second layer looks really smooth and I thought it was already her skin, but it's so blood, <laughs> but, but it's so blood drenched. It's it's not, it's clothes, but it's so blood drenched that it kind of looks like her skin. And then she's cutting that, and then you realize, oh no, it's another layer of clothes. <laughs> and then she gets to the belly. But I was just like, uh, it it was still like a, a, a very mesmerizing scene. And, uh, you know, the anticipation of violence mm-hmm. was titillating. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, she's like an onion. <gasps> oh no. She has, oh, so no. Many, <laughs> she has so many layers. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a baby at the bottom. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, this is when I had to look away. So I didn't actually see that. Although it was the same price to own the movie as to rent the movie on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So it was like, fuck it. So now I own, did you, did now you I buy own it. Inside. Yeah. I bought it. Yeah. You so know, I like I, I have the unrated DVD and I also own it digitally on Amazon <laughs> because I, I just remember it's like, this movie is never available to rent ever online i don't know if that has anything to do with the subject matter of the movie (laughs) or how violent it is or or anything like that or if it's just distribution rights issues i don't fucking know but all i know is it was available to 
to buy digitally. And I was like, you know, I have been meaning to show this on our Twisted Tuesday nights for yes. like five years now. And I eventually bit the bullet and spent like the $10 or whatever it was at the time, which it probably still is $10. Ooh, no, it was three. Oh, it's no, three four. or four. <laughs> okay. Yeah, $3. Well, I, I bought it for like 10 bucks at the time, which is fine. You know, I, 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 I double dipped. But like, <laughs> you know, nowadays when, you know, we have like these in theater rentals, when I see like a $10 digital, uh, like owned movie, mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Well, that's not so bad. And, you know, it's just one of those movies that always gets reaction out of people. It's for different a reasons. fantastic <laughs> movie. It was, it was real. I mean, we haven't even talked about uh, the gunshot wound to the head. Like that was show stopping shit. If if it wasn't for the other crazy shit going on in the movie, I'd be I'd we'd be talking just about that, right? Mm -hmm. That was uh that was I thought it was really impressive. Um Yeah, it's not it, just it, the gunshot, but you also just have that splatter effect that you see specifically yes. from Sarah's and, perspective. Oh, and then just like a hole. The hole where your face should be. That was <laughs> and then you only you only see it for a split second, but it definitely makes a mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie was gruesome as shit. Yeah, also, and you know, makes, thank you. Makes a complete mess. But yes, I I figured like, okay, we're gonna squeeze this in. I know it's not a traditional holiday movie, but it this is one of those movies that I feel like you need to experience at least once. Yeah, it's really great. And, and if you if you like uh, this type of movie, you know, check out some of the other new French extremity movies that I had mentioned earlier. Uh, you remember the one that I brought up? I can't remember the name of it. The one where um, the woman has a split personality and she kills her girlfriend who she wanted to have a re sexual relationship with. The one where she kills her girlfriend. Are you talking about high tension? Yes, that was good too. Yes. That that is another like really big cat and mouse type movie. Yeah, uh, that big cat. that that also came out around. I think it was like two thousand three when that came out. Also fantastic. I don't yes. know. I don't know if I liked that. More so than the alternative title, which was Switchblade Romance. Uh, Ooh, the I like that one. better. Yeah. But either way, High Tension does perfectly describe uh, the atmosphere of that movie. That's another one. Mm -hmm. But it's a good one. Although I like uh, Inside is better though. Inside is much better. I, I gotta watch I Martyrs. I haven't seen Martyrs yet, so that's good. Martyrs is uh, okay. If you haven't seen Martyrs, I haven't. You know, for you or any of our listeners. Um, there is a lot of torture in that movie. <laughs> for, for one. Uh, See, I'm not a big fan of torture stuff, not because of the torture, but because of the vulnerability, like the same thing with home invasions. Mm -hmm. It's just, it makes me feel too helpless and I don't like that right. feeling in my, in my gut. Yeah. I, so, but some people do, I guess. It's, it's, it's not torture without reason, but I feel like, uh, the message of the movie or just the the whole reason behind it is kind of what loses some people. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like implied by the title of the movie. Uh, but I, I will say, Martyrs and Inside both had U.S. remakes. Now, what I have not. How did you feel about the remakes? I have not seen either of them. <laughs> I was watching reviews for this movie before this, right? And okay. uh, and there was one lady who did a review for both. And then I was like, I got no time. I got to move forward. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, who cares about the American remake? I mean, I've never seen a remake that was better than the original. So unless you can prove me wrong. I'm not saying I am. 
I'm I'm totally right on this, but I'm just thinking I've never seen a remake that was better than the original, so eh. Well, I mean, the thing would probably be the only one. The thing? Mm-hmm. So not Kurt Russell. Oh wait, the Kurt Russell was the the remake. <laughs> I'm talking about the John Carpenter one. That was based off of something else. Oh, because it's yeah, based John off the thing from another great. world. But yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. So maybe no remakes after 1960. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the the reason that I I I haven't gone back to watch Martyrs or Inside mm-hmm. Americanized is because I did not think that the subject matter would translate well to the U.S. audience, and everything that I have read about both of those movies. Well, specifically the remakes have been the fact that they've been super watered down and completely missed the point of the movie. So I saw the uh, the actresses that were cast in the remake and they just looked like your sort of typical actresses. I felt like, well, first of all, the woman in the original, she has such a very unique look to well, not unique, but she has a a bit of a severity to her. Right. She's got that dark hair. She's Mm -hmm. got that gap in her teeth. She's beautiful, but creepy. And, you know, you really, really, you know, I really dug it. And then you've got Sarah, who's like got she's, you know, uh, you know, very French looking (laughs) in a positive (laughs) way. Like, you know, but she's, you know, she's got that sullen thing going and she's very beautiful. And when I saw the the casting of the remake, I haven't seen the remake, but I saw like some of the, the women that were casting those roles. They just looked a little bit vanilla. And I was like, man, is this like inside, like produced by Hallmark? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I mean, is there a lot of death? Tell me about the killings. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and what's the body count? <laughs> so that was my only thing. I was like, man, like it just kind of it didn't just it just didn't seem as flavorful as what I'm saying. Right. Uh, so the the only other thing that I will note about Martyrs before you decide to uh, seek it out at some point, uh, there there are two key things to look out for in this movie. Uh, and honestly, I'm pretty sure they're in the same part of the movie. Uh, there is the, the shotgun blasts. Mm-hmm. And there's also the bathroom scene that involves... Uh, uh, how should I describe it? It's kind of like a... a flailing of the chick's back mm. which is very oh. brutal it is one of the few scenes in horror wow. that has actually made me cringe from watching it like it's wow. that <laughs> so there's was it slow flailing or was it beat beat to flay like flailed with like a whip uh like more scratching and clawing Ew. so all right so, all right, so there's right. that but anyways so inside Absolutely fantastic movie. Very really up, great. Really uplifting. Uh, <laughs> not cu- not quite as Christmassy as all the other movies that we've talked about. There should have been a tree involved and Christmas lights and killings by Christmas lights. Oh, but before we go, can we talk a little bit more about like what was your favorite killing? Your favorite death scene? My favorite death scene in the movie. Ugh. You know, it, it's hard to say because for me, just from the brutality aspect, I have to go with Jean Pierre's kill just because. Yeah. La Femme just <laughs> went to town. Holy moly. On so many different body parts. They're like, was he in the car too? Why do you hate him so much? Yeah, he's definitely not making it. Well, no one's really making it to the sequel, but it's just the fact no, that, like, no, no. he already wasn't going anywhere after she stabbed him in the Achilles. But then it just mm-hmm. goes straight to the nuts like that right after. Oh, she she like 
skirted around. That, that, that would have been enough with how much blood was spewing out of there. And then just repeated shots to the face. Did you like reactively like cover your junk in a way to protect it from the movie? <laughs> uh no, not 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 in this one. But it's just the fact that I'd already seen it. Uh, the first time, yes. On uh, the rewatch, no, because I knew it was coming. But it, you know, it was definitely one of the more uh, brutal groin shots in uh, in cinema, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Well, I'm sure we could talk some more about it, but that was that was a really fun movie. I really enjoyed it. Honestly, T, you've given me lots of movies to enjoy, and I I'm really I always look forward to our chats. Absolutely. So looking ahead, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. we, we got a new month coming up. You know, it's New Year's at the uh, this, oh, this weekend. I know you want to we're going to go talk about this. But also, before we get into it, I wanted to say, you know, how I just talked about the moment of ins- like the, the insanity sequence. Right. That I was talking about. Maybe in the future we could do movies that have really good insanity sequences okay. where it's like, what the fuck is happening? But uh, oh, yeah. But yeah. So we'll talk about that later. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. <laughs> So on the horizon in January, yes. our next yes. phobia uh, selected by our patron, Lonely Bob, mm-hmm. one of our Twisted Tuesday regulars, Ooh, hey, Lonely Bob. Uh, is Phasmophobia, which Ebb. is the fear of the supernatural. And oh. we're, we're talking Asian ghost stories throughout oh, the month of, uh, of January. Japan, yeah. uh, mo- most of them are going to be Japan. Yeah, and you know it's not like four is really that many, but that's completely <laughs> besides the point. I know. No. Uh, yeah. But there are so many good options. But I feel like we have to talk about the staple or one of the staples. I, you could argue mm-hmm. there are two staples for mm-hmm. Asian ghost stories, and the first one we're gonna hit is Renu, released in nineteen ninety eight, which was directed by Hideo Nakata. Uh, which also had a U.S. remake a year later, which was one of the better remakes in horror Ooh. history. I, I like I'll say that yeah. right right off of the bat. So I'll dabble we'll dabble <laughs> into the remake as well at some point. Uh, but we have to talk about the original, uh, and the reason for that is because Reno is just kind of like the 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 staple for it for is, Asian yeah. cinema for a lot of people. Uh, you also have the fact that Samara is going to be hidden dead by daylight in March uh, for all you video game nerds out there. Uh, and on top of that, you know, like, it's just one of the best uh, depictions of, like, ghosts, really, like, in cinema. And I just love the way that that movie is crafted. And we're going to talk about it next week. And I cannot wait so excited. To, uh, to deep dive into some of these Asian ghost stories because, you know, the way that they have their depictions just hits on a different level than a lot of the things that we're used to seeing in American cinema. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch these and uh, have a chat about it. I mean, uh, I've watched a lot of the remakes. Uh, we were just talking about how uh, out of the list that we were looking at, I'd only seen like one of the originals. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, shit, I've seen like three, but I think I saw the remakes. I know it puts me at such a disadvantage. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to resolve that here this next month. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Absolutely. So look forward to some Asian cinema throughout all of January from Ooh. us. Uh, but until then, if you guys are looking to contact the show, you can do so a couple of different ways. Uh, we do have our Patreon, 
uh, patreon.com slash handle with scare. And there we have tiers starting at just $1 a month. We have all sorts of different perks that you guys can earn. And we will have a commentary track uh, for all of our patrons. Uh, drop it next week. I, we were going to do yes. it tonight initially, uh, but I'm still under the weather. So we're not doing our Treevenge uh, commentary track tonight. So that will be dropping <laughs> next week. So, Bob, I'm sorry. It's it, You'll get it just a week later. Uh, we're doing it. We're coming. <laughs> we're still doing it. And it's going to be fantastic. And that's another one of those <laughs> movies. I mean, it's a short movie. But it, it. I remember the first time I saw it when it came out. And I you know, I remember seeing like the, the a trailer for it. And I don't know if it was just something that was like, okay, I released a trailer. And then it got like like a Kickstarter or whatever. And it got crowdfunded or what, what the story was behind it. But I just fell in love with it immediately. And I really hope... Holly, that it's going to be the same case for you when we watch it uh, next week. <laughs> I'm excited. And I'm so excited for January. December's been a little it's been a little busy, man. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm really looking forward to January. <laughs> nice, dreary weather. Nothing but soups and stews and staying home. I think Omicron's really going to, you know, shut everything down. So that'll be nice. Yeah. yeah nice and quiet. <laughs> yeah. You know, if... You know, if uh, starting a podcast is reason enough to get you guys to stay the fuck inside, just do it. Why not? <laughs> you yeah. know, why not? Here, you, here's your punk band and here's your podcast. Have a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but outside of that, we are also on Instagram at Handle with Pod. You can reach us on Twitter where you can find our top 10 downloaded episodes of the year and also my top 10 releases of 2021 uh, dropping later in a week at Handle with Scare. You can also email the show at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com. But for now, guys, that will do it for us here tonight on Handle with Scare. This has been episode number 40. I've been your host, Totally Drunk, joined as always by my co-host, Holly. <laughs> Holly Hooch. And we will see you guys back next week. Happy New Year.